Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this time together as we dwell upon your word, your promises. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Father, we, at one point we were lost, but now we have been found by you. And Father, I thank you for saving us, a people that were much, in much need of your mercy. Thank you for pardoning our sins. And not only pardoning our sins, but you made provision for healing for our bodies. And we thank you for this. And we give your name glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, it's good to be here in, in the name of the Lord. Amen. It's good to hear um, us singing songs of adoration to our King. Amen. Amen. God is, is worthy and worthy to receive all our praise. He's the one that we sing to. Amen. So today we're going to talk about the provision of healing. The provision of healing. So I'm going to pray again. Um, I'm going to pray the Ephesians 1 prayer as well as I'm going to pray for supernatural divine utterance. Father, we come before you in the master's name of Jesus. We pray that you will grant unto me your son and your servant supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. I pray for your people that you will grant to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards me who believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm read, reading out of the English Standard Version, the ESV Version, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Okay. We ain't got to say amen. Um, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. First of all, Peter um, is declaring who he is, who God made him to be. He's a servant, which means a slave. He's a slave to Jesus, and an apostle, a sent one, to those who have obtained faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of, God, of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Peter is saying that we have obtained, we, we have obtained this faith of the same standing as his and those of the earlier church by the righteousness of God. And verse 2 says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So grace and peace comes from, um, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. So grace and peace is multiplied to us through knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. So if you, want more, if you want more grace, you got to get more knowledge of God and Jesus. If you want more peace, you got to get grace. I mean, um, you got to get knowledge of God and Jesus. Verse 3, and his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, so this scripture tells us that it is through, um, that God has given us everything that we need for godliness and life, for holiness and life. We have everything that we need to make it in this life. Amen. And it's, and it's through the knowledge of Christ that he's called us to his own glory. So God called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has grant, granted to us his precious and very great promises. So there are some promises that God has made, has given us. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. So it is through God's promises that we, have, we become partakers of his divine nature. 
That's good news. So it's through, the, through these promises that we're able to partake of the type of life that God lives and God is. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. All right, so with that said, I want to talk about healing this morning. How many of you heard a message on healing? Okay, everybody. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's all good though. God has provided healing for his people in the redemptive work of Christ. Healing is the children's bread. Many believers around the world fail to receive what, what was provided for them on, at the cross. Um, so today I want to dive into scriptures dealing with healing. Many people are, are, are perishing in this area because they don't know that God wants them to be healed. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So sometimes people try to have faith for something that God never promised. You cannot have faith that God is a healer based on somebody's testimony. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. So faith begins where the will of God is known. If God did not make known through his word, his will, then you cannot have faith for it. Let me give you an example. You cannot have faith for a million dollars. God never promised you a million dollars. But you can have faith that he'll meet your needs. Right? Are you with me? Um, you cannot have faith that you'll never be sick. God never promised that we'll never be sick. But he, he did promise that to heal us. All right? So, so let's look at the word of God concerning healing. Now, healing of our bodies. I'm not talking about inner healing. I'm talking about the healing of our physical bodies. Um, <clears throat> there are, there's a great debate among some Christian circles that healing has passed away with. Um, I would like them to show me in scripture what that is, where that is the case. Um, we cannot make, we cannot read into the word our biases. We have to read out of it. So let's just go to the word, starting with the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, saying that God is a healer. So I have about 10 scriptures pertaining to this. So let's look at this. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. That's the second book in the Bible. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. You got to say amen. It says this, saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord, your healer. Memorize that scripture. God is, he's speaking specifically to the children of Israel. But that same person that he, who he is, did not change in the New Testament. He, he declared here that he will not put none of the diseases on the children of Israel if they will obey him and do his commandments. And here he says, for I am the Lord, your healer. My second scripture is Psalm 91. Psalm 91 verse 6. I say this scripture every time I, mostly, um, every time I say the grace. Psalm 91. Psalm 91 verse 16. Psalm 91 verse 16. This is the Lord speaking. Let's start with verse 15. For when he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. How many know it's good news that God will be with us in trouble? I've been in trouble a lot of times. But I thank God that he was with me. But he's not only just with us in trouble. He, he's in there in, with us to rescue us. I will rescue him and honor him. So God is with us in trouble to rescue us out of the trouble. And he will honor us, verse 16, with long life 
I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So this is a promise that we need to meditate on that God will bless us with long life. I don't know about you, but I want to live long. I want to be an old man. <laughs> old, healthy, wealthy, and godly. <laughs> Let me put godly first. <laughs> but I want to be an old man and I want to live long. So God promised us with long life, he'll satisfy us. All right, let's go to the next scripture. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Verses 1 through 5. This is a familiar scripture. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So David is speaking to his soul. And he's commanding his soul to bless the Lord. How many know we need to do that? We got to command our soul to bless the Lord. Sometimes your soul wants to do everything but bless the Lord. You know, you, you want, your soul wants, wants to wander off and think about other things. But I challenge you to do that. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. So we should live a life. This is not only in the time of, of praise and worship, but it's throughout the day. It's at home. It's at the job. Wherever you find yourself, wherever you find yourself, you need to take some time to bless the Lord and command your soul to bless the Lord. The scripture says in Matthew 22, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. So we need to command our souls to bless the Lord and all that is within us to bless his holy name. Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So here, David is saying, I'm commanding my soul to bless the Lord and all that is within me to bless his name, his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Again, he's commanding his soul to bless the Lord. You need, I know, how many know you need to talk to yourself? You know, um, Usher came out with a CD years ago called Confessions. I want to talk to myself. So we need to talk to ourselves. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So what are you doing? You, you're making yourself not to forget God's benefits. Let's look at some of those benefits. Verse 3, who forgives all your what? Iniquity. Wow. So that's a benefit. How many know it's good to be forgiven? Um, and then the second one, another one is to heal, who heals all your disease. Disease or disease. So God, one of the benefits of the Lord is to heal our diseases. And who redeems your life from the pit. King James says destruction. Who crowns, your, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Can't resist verse 5. Who, satisfied, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. These are the benefits of the Lord, to forgive us of all our iniquity, to heal us of all our diseases, to redeem our life from destruction or from the pit, to crown us with steadfast love and mercy, and to satisfy us with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So these are the benefits of the Lord. So again, God is revealing his will concerning healing. Let's go to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. How I many know that God is a protector? He's a provider, but he's a healer. We're talking about healing has been provided for us. Christ is still in the healing business. He loves to heal people's bodies. Are you with me? If you don't believe me, look at doctors. God has given doctors wisdoms, wisdom concerning the physical body. If he did not want us to be healed, he would not provide doctors for the human race. For it's, a, it's amazing how some people who don't believe in healing, when they get sick, they'll take medicine. <laughs> When they get sick, they'll go to the doctor. 
If it's God's will for them not to be healed, then don't go to the doctor and don't take any medicine. Some people actually believe that God is trying to teach them something. You, I want to take Destin's hand and put it over a fire and say, I'm going to teach you something, boy. <laughs> you know, and so why would God use sickness to teach us something when he has his word and his spirit teaching us? So if God is teaching us something in our sickness, then don't mess it up by going to the doctor and taking medicine. That, that was, and don't eat healthy. Just eat whatever you want and get sick and die, get old <laughs> real quick, be 20 years old looking like you're 40. You know, don't, you don't want to do that. So God has made provision for us for healing for our physical bodies. Amen. So let's go on to the next verse. Psalm 118. Psalm 118. Psalm 118. Let's look at verse 17. Psalm 118, verse 17. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. Okay, so here's the scripture. It says, I should not, you should memorize this. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. So God, here David is declaring that he's not going to die, but he's going to live and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. The reason why you have another day and another year and another month and, and so forth is because God wants you to declare his works his deeds. So healing is for us. God wants us to live to be an old age. It's a shame that's how some people, they die early, and there, there's a great mystery. But I'm here to tell you that it's not God's best. That's right. He wants us to live out our days. He wants us to see our grandkids and our great-grandkids, some of us. <laughs> We probably won't, Courtney and I probably won't see our great-grandkids. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I probably won't <laughs> since I'm older. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to the next one. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. We're talking about the provision of healing. Isaiah 53, verse 4. We're talking about healing is God's will for everyone and not just few. Isaiah 53, verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. So here, the word grief means sickness, and the word, um, well, sorrow means um, sickness. Grief means um, pain. So Jesus bore our sickness and our pains, all right? So not only did he carry, was placed upon him our sins, but also our sickness and our disease. Amen. And the scripture actually says he became, he became poor for us that we may become rich. So let's move on to the next one. Isaiah 53, verse 5. Isaiah 53, verse 5. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. All right. It's not just talking about spiritual healing, but it's talking about physical healing. I'm here to say to you that healing is provided for the children of God in the work of Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. That's the first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 8. Verse 17. Matthew chapter 8 verse 17. Actually, let's start with verse 14, 14 through 17. And we got to say amen. 
And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. So here Jesus is even concerned about our in-laws. <laughs> Verse 15, he touched her and the fever left her and she rose and began to serve him. That evening, evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons and cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. How many people did Jesus heal? All who were sick. And this was, was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. If it, wasn't not, if, if it wasn't physical healing, then why did it give us an account of Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law from, from the fever and for all those who were oppressed of, the, of demons and healing all who came to him? Do you know, if, when you get a chance, read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see that everyone who came to Jesus was healed. Every person who came to Jesus was healed. I mean, that is mind-blowing. And of course, out of over 50% of them people, he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. All right? So here Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus is fulfilling Isaiah by saying that he took our illnesses or our sicknesses and bore our diseases. That's good news. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be sick. Sickness is not ha a good place to be. I mean, you may get some attention <laughs> for a little bit, but after a while, that attention wore out. Pain is not fun. All right, let's go to um, first, um, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Talking about the provision of of healing. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone who is hanged on a tree. So here the scripture declares that Christ redeemed us from the curse. Now the curse includes sickness and disease, poverty, and above all, spiritual death, separation from God. In the garden, God told Adam and Eve, if they eat, partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they would die. Well, they didn't die right away physically. They died spiritually. They were separated from God. So Christ came to redeem them and us from the curse of the law. Uh, in, a, in a few minutes, we'll look at some of the curses and which is found in Deuteronomy 28. And that includes sickness, disease, and poverty. We've been redeemed from those things. Amen? And the last one is um, 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. So that's good news is that Jesus became sin for us. He bore our sins. We don't take sin lightly. We, we need to see the ugliness of sin. Sin is offensive to God. God has to deal with sin. And he dealt with sin in Christ. Jesus took our sins. He became sin for us in order for us to be loved by God the Father. That is the greatest healing that a person can ever receive. It's to have their sins forgiven, to become a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, to become the person that God created you to be in Christ, to be forgiven of your sins is the greatest healing a person can ever experience. The Bible talks about our soul been ha having a sin sickness. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah, who can, who can, um, who can deal with sin? Who can endure the wages of sin? Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. 
So when we're in Christ, our sins have been forgiven. And the Bible says that in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we've sinned, we need to confess our sins, and God is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. That is the good news. But I'm here to tell you also, not only is sin provided, our sins to be forgiven is provided for us, forgiveness for our sins, but also healing for our physical bodies. God has provided healing. And the scripture says here, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we may die to sin and live to righteousness. By his stripes or by his wounds, we, you have been, what? Healed. So Isaiah is looking to the cross. He says, with his stripes, we are healed. First Peter is looking back at the cross. By his stripes, we were healed. Are you with me? Isaiah is looking to the cross. He's seeing in a vision, hearing the word of the Lord, with his stripes, I am healed. I, Peter is like, by his stripes, I was healed. And if I was, I am. All right, let's look at a couple other things about healing. Is, is God's will to heal for all? It's healing for everyone. I'm glad you asked. Let's look at the willingness of Jesus. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. It says when Jesus, talking about Jesus, when he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. Behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately the lep his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you say, and say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. So here the scripture tells us that Jesus is willing to heal our sickness and disease. This man says, if you will. So that's like some people now, Lord, if it's your will, heal me. Well, here this man came to Jesus, Lord, if you will. And Jesus says, um, I will. So that's the willingness of Jesus. I'm telling you that Jesus is more willing to heal us than we are willing to receive it. Let's go to the second one. Sickness comes from Satan. Sickness comes from Satan. So you may not believe that. Let me show you a couple of scriptures. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, verse 16. This woman was bound up by a spirit for 18 years, a disabling spirit. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called to her, called her over and said, Woman, you are free from your disability. He laid his hands, verse 13, Luke 13, 13. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. And she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And may, just amazing that they got upset because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Yeah. They, they just totally missed the whole point. And then Jesus said to her, to them, then the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, do you not eat, do not eat, does not each of you on the Sabbath until his ox or his donkey from the manger uh, and lead it away to water it. Ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Again, I just want to point out that her condition was rooted out of uh, demonic activities. And so Jesus recognized it and spoke to it. Go with me to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, 
verse 38. And we got to say amen. amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. We're talking about the provision of healing. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. You got to say amen. amen. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So here, Jesus, the word of God is declaring, Luke is declaring that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So I, I'm not telling you that every sickness is, um, indirectly every sickness is, is from the devil, but in, um, but sometimes sickness is a result of our, our, our mishandling God's body. Are you with me? Uh, it's, sometimes it's because of us. It's sometimes it's, it's because we inherit it from our, our parents and so forth. But indirectly, all sickness comes from the enemy. Amen. And so God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power to deliver those who are oppressed by the enemy. Amen. Let's go to the next one. God dealt with sickness in the Old Testament and, and basically relates to us today in the New Testament. If you read some of those scriptures that we read, you'll see. If you, for time's sake, you can write down Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. It talks about we have a better covenant established on better promises. And so as you read the Old Testament, you'll see how God dealt with his people. He healed them. He restored their bodies. All right, my next point is that healing is in the redemptive work of Christ. And we looked at that, Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 6. The word grief speaks of um, sickness, um, and then sorrow speaks of pain. That's Isaiah, Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 6. That in the Hebrew, it, that word is translated sickness and pain. And then we also looked at that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, Galatians 3.13. So let's, let's take a look at Deuteronomy 28. Let's just take a little um, time with this. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's start with verse 1. Is this all right? Thank you for the one yes. <laughs> Deuteronomy 28, it says, verse 1, if, you're faithful, if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And it says, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the field, blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, blessed um, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle. And it goes on and talks about the blessings of the Lord. Verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They should come out against you one way, but flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on, your, on you in your barns and, uh, and all that you undertake. He will bless you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself. And so forth. And it goes on. Let's look at verse 15. But if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God or be careful to do all the commandments and his statutes that I command you today, these curses, all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. You'll be cursed in the city, cursed in the field, and so forth. If you read this, you'll see that the curses, there are more curses than there are blessings. And the curses deal with sickness, diseases, um, poverty, and so forth. Take some time to look at it. I'm here to tell you that Christ redeemed us from these curses. Amen. And so that, that's something for us to rejoice with. Then the next point is this, that Jesus healed everything and uh, healed everybody and all. Jesus healed them all. And that's found throughout Matthew 4, Matthew 9, 35, Matthew 10 and 1, and so forth. Then, number seven, healing is the children's bread. 
Healing belongs to us as, as children of God. All right. So let's look at some, some practical aspects of healing. Some failures, why people fail to receive healing. All right. One, it's a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. People fail to receive healing because of a lack of knowledge. Um, they, they don't believe it's God's will for them to be healed. It will be amazing. It's amazing to hear how many Christians don't believe that God wants them healed. It's not that the, they don't believe that God can heal. I believe almost every Christian believes that God can heal. But they don't, some of them don't believe that God wants them to be healed. So that's the reason why they lack as far as receiving healing. Number two, they're late, they have lazy faith. They waver in their faith. They say in front of the preacher, and I've had this happen to me several times, they say in front of the preacher, I believe I'm healed. Then you go away, and all along they're like, I don't know if this is God's will. God's trying to teach me something. <laughs> I've had that happen several times. And then you're like, and then they slip up like, oh, you know, I just don't know if it's God's will to heal me. All right. And then last, this is not an exhaustive list, okay? So don't, like, this is the case. But this is some, this is some of the reasons why. They don't do the possible. In other words, they don't do their part. They don't go to the doctor. They don't take the medicine. They don't do their part. And when you don't do your part, but you, yet you expect God to heal you. So you got to do your part. All right? So let's look at how to receive healing. The first is to receive healing, you got to see Christ and not the healing. Some people are after the healing and not the Christ. They want the, they want the blessings and the benefits of God, but they don't want God himself. So we got to be careful of that. Seek Christ and not the healing. Worship Christ for who he is. That should be our focus. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. So we're not to seek the blessings of the Lord, but we're to seek the blesser. Number two. Oh, number two. Um, you need to find scriptures that cover, that cover your case. In other words, you got to have scriptures that promises you that God's will is for him to heal you. So it's not just about praying, but it's also about having scriptures based, having scriptural based prayers that you're going to pray scriptures over you. I'm telling you, um, my, my former pastor, former, former pastor, um, was um, on a mission field and he was praying Psalm 91 over himself. Um, he, his life was in danger. And as he was praying Psalm 91, the Lord protected him. And I'm here to tell you that God is a protector. He's a provider. He's a healer. He's, he's a wisdom giver. He's a joy giver. He'll give you peace. But you have to pray scriptures over your case. Don't just pray what you feel. Don't just pray what you think that you, God, you want God. Don't just pray what you want God to do, but pray his word over your situation. Amen? If you need wisdom, pray, pray the scriptures that pertains to wisdom. Um, there is no magic in this. It's just finding scriptures that promise you, promise you something and pray those prayers over you. Pray for wisdom, guidance, direction. We just got finished teaching about how the Lord leads, hearing from heaven. And we talked about, we gave you probably over 20 scriptures dealing with how God promised to lead us. You pray those scriptures over yourself. Teach me your ways, O oh Lord. Lead me. Order my steps. Direct me. Cause me to do your will. All right. Number three, meditate upon these promises. So don't just, you see Christ. You find scriptures, then you meditate on these promises. That means take some time to think about it, to speak these scriptures over your life. Are you with me? Don't just sit back and say, oh, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. No, be proactive with it. And then fourth, then pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. See, what happens is people, they pray first without even having faith that God can do it. 
So I, I think we need to be intentional when we pray. I don't think that we need to pray, rush right into the throne of God and pray. God, I need this. God, I need this. God, I need this. And then and if he doesn't do it, like, I guess it wasn't his will. We should take some time first to worship the Lord, to seek him for who he is. Just come before him without asking anything. But Jesus taught us to pray this way. Our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we need to spend some time speaking well of the Father. Speaking and blessing his name. Notice that in Psalm 103 that David blessed the Lord first. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then forget not all his benefits. Sometimes Christians want to go and they want the benefits, but they don't want the one who gives the benefits. So seek the, seek the Christ first. Find scriptures that promises you healing or whatever your situation is. Meditate on those scriptures. Take about a couple of weeks to meditate on those scriptures. Think about them. Get them in your heart and on your mind, in your mind and on your lips. The Lord, he's the Lord that healeth me. Think about that for a couple weeks. He himself took upon my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pains. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. By his stripes, I am healed. What does that mean? By his stripes, I am healed. What does that mean? Take a person who meditates that, meditate upon that promise for weeks and weeks and weeks. By his stripes, I am healed. That's before you even pray about it. You're just taking some time to getting that word in you and in your mind and on your lips, having that become a reality in your life. Next one is to, after you pray in the name of Jesus, repent and forgive. Mark eleven twenty five talks about it. If you, when you stand praying, forgive. Some of the reasons why people don't receive healing, it's because they're in unforgiveness. They don't forgive people. I met some mean Christians. They're mean as the devil. <laughs> Keep holding on to stuff that happened 20 years ago. My daddy left me. <laughs> Forgive him. Release him so that you can receive God's healing. Forgiveness. The Bible actually says if you don't forgive, he won't forgive you. That's a tough, hard saying. People who hold unforgiveness are, they're not in a position to receive God's healing. They're not in a position to receive God's forgiveness. For example, if you're, if you're holding on to something, then you can't receive. When you release it, you're open to receive. It's not that God is not willing. It's just that you're not open to receive. Forgiveness. Forgive so you can receive forgiveness. Love so you can receive love. Amen. Then you got to speak to your sickness. Um, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Let's go over there. Mark 11, chapter 11, verse 22. Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 25. And Jesus answered them, he says, have faith in God. Jesus telling his disciples, Jesus got finished cursing the fig tree, and the disciples were asking him, you know, how is it that the fig tree, the fig tree that you curse is withered away? And Jesus is saying to them, have faith in God. All right. Truly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. So Jesus is basically saying, you can have what you say. You know, if you doubt not in your heart, but believe in the words that you say, it shall come to pass. Now, this is not just anybody. This is Jesus himself saying this. And if Jesus said, how many know that we need to believe it? 
There is power in our words. I know people get crazy with this, but the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue, and then we have the ability to speak. We don't create new worlds. We don't create, no. We are simply saying what God says. And this scripture says, speak to the mountain, and your mountain may be your sickness or your disease. And so you need to speak to it. Command it to go in the name of Jesus. It says, doubt not in his heart, but believe what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you, re you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. And if you have anything against anyone, so that your father also who is in heaven forgive you or your trespasses. All right. The next point is this. Maintain your confession of faith. That means say it all the time. Not once, not twice, but two or three thousand times a day. Say it. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm well. I speak to my body and I command my body to line up with the word of God. I command my mind to be, I have a sound mind. I refuse to say anything negative. It's amazing how many Christians don't believe that, but they'll, they'll rather say how negative things are than how great and big our God is. Speak words of life. Amen. Change your situation by speaking God's word over it. Maintain your confession of faith. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 talks about holding on to your profession of faith, your confession Christianity is called the great confession. We confess who Jesus is. Every week we say the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed. We are declaring with our mouths our faith. We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. We believe that God sent Jesus. We believe that Jesus is God. We believe that the Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Godhead. He's been sent to empower us to fulfill the great commission. He's been sent to quicken our mortal bodies and make us like Christ. Just like we have that confession, we have the confession that he's our healer. He's our provider. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. In him will I trust. That's Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Of, let's go over there. Can't resist. Psalm 91. I know we were there at the latter part. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. You got to say amen. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You need to say that. You are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my hiding place. Amen. And last but not least, you got to do the possible and trust God to do the impossible. In other words, do what you know to do and believe God to do what you cannot. Matthew, Mark chapter 9, verse 23, it says, all things, go over there, last scripture. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. It says this, and Jesus said to him, this is a father who, who's coming to Jesus for his boy to be healed of an unclean spirit. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. For one who believes. If you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. In other words, believe for God to do the impossible and you do the possible. All right, here are some, some methods in which healing comes. One, doctors and medical science. Some, some religions don't believe in doctors. Even some professing Christians don't believe in doctors. Doctors are a gift from God. God uses doctors to get his will done on earth. Are you with me? Now, we got some wicked doctors, but we also got some good doctors. Just like we got some wicked officers, we got some good officers. Are you with me? All right, some good preachers and some bad preachers. <laughs> All right, so, so that doesn't mean that everybody is bad, right? Uh, um, doctors in medical science, is, God uses this to heal his people and even people who don't belong to him. Thank God. Number two, the gifts of the Spirit. 
First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, lists the nine gifts of the Spirit. Included in that is the gifts of healing, the gifts of healing and the working of miracles. These gifts are here for, these gifts are for today, contrary to people belief, some people. These gifts are available today, the gifts of healing and working of miracles. Number three, the anointing with oil. Let's look at that. In James chapter 5, James chapter 5, that's after the book of Hebrews, James chapter 5, verses 13 through 15, James chapter 5, verses 13 through 15, it says, is any, anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. So if you're suffering, the Bible tells us to pray. Let that person pray. Is anyone cheerful? If you're cheerful, the Bible says, let him sing praise. All right. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. And it goes on, talks about the confess, confessing your sins one to another, praying for one another that you may be healed. So here, the anointing of oil, that's biblical. Jesus told his disciples to do that. There's a scripture, I believe, in Mark where he, the disciples are going with the anointing of oil and they're anointing people to be healed. So that's a representation of the Spirit of God at work. And then the prayer of faith. Prayer of faith changes things. Amen. We need to pray. You just read there, it talks about verse 15. In the prayer of faith, prayer of faith changes things. How I many know we need some things to be changed? And then... We have the land on the hands, and that's Mark chapter 16, 18, Luke 4, 40, Luke 13, 13, how Jesus used the land on the hands to heal the sick. Father, we do come before you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Thank you for provision, for you are the Lord that healeth us, and we bless your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Before we go to the Q&A, is there anyone here who would like to have prayer?